We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why... When it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1 a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 464. We're brought to you today by betonline.ag. Go get your betting action on at BetOnline using our promo code blue wire sports are happening there's hockey there's basketball and there's baseball there's baseball it's happening they're playing baseball that's awesome that's they are and the yankees are the best team in baseball you know even even as the best team in baseball do you know what it's very difficult to do 
even when there's not what's that four innings that you're you're taken from four innings that are taken from your life get get a five inning start nope, nope that's not it <laughs> it's very difficult to sweep a double header very difficult some will some well, would say they broke the mold last year if you remember they, they were 13 and one in double headers last year they only they swept all their double headers with the exception of the Mets last year because I remember in 2018, they did not do well in doubleheaders. It didn't matter if they were playing Baltimore. They could have been playing a JV squad from some... Baltimore. You know, no name. <laughs> yeah. They could have been playing like a high school and they would have swept a doubleheader. They would have split a doubleheader in 2018. 19 was a different story. We thought that told a lot about the team's mentality that year. In reality, I think it was just like the opener somehow worked <laughs> in a lot of those games. And... uh it's hard though. It's hard to sweep a doubleheader when you got Jay Happ starting. That is true. Apparently, apparently he is a bad pitcher. <laughs> Who knew? This is shocking. This is this is new news. No, this is not new news. This is the same news as we had last year. Um, and yeah, my bold prediction is already dog shit. Dog shit. Yeah, but that's you, the beauty of you, these are you already bold lost that one predictions. Okay, some would say stupid. Some would say bold. <laughs> bold predictions. There's a very fine, a fine line, line between stupid and There's bold. There's a fine line. There's a fine line because the yeah. man has shown last year I was hoping was an anomaly and he would figure it out because that's what he's done for a long time. Figured it out. Get a few more ground balls. Get the ball out of the air and somehow. Well, he's, he's, never been a ground, he's never been a ground ball pitcher. You can't just change in your age 38 season to boom, I'm going to be a ground CC ball did. pitcher all of a sudden. CC changed. CC changed. Well, you know what? Sabathia is a Hall of Famer. J-Hap's not a Hall of that's Famer. That's fine. Be better. Well, I was thinking about it as I was watching the game, the first game of the doubleheader. And if you noticed, he was trying to hit that outside corner, pitch after pitch after pitch. And and there were balls. People were bitching about Angel Hernandez, who is absolute trash. Angel Hernandez stinks. Phil Nevin voiced his opinions on Angel Hernandez. But Hap was missing the outside corner. It was four or five inches off the plate. He wasn't getting it. And he walked six batters in three innings. And I'm thinking to myself, that makes sense because he knows if he throws the ball over the plate, they're going to hit a home run. They're going to hit a home run. He's a fly ball pitcher. If he throws his 92 mile an hour fastball over the plate, they're going to hit a fly ball. And because it's a juice ball era, it's going to go 375 feet. That's just the unfortunate reality of Jay Hat. So he has two options, throw the ball over the plate and give up home runs or nibble, nibble, nibble and hope that they swing at bad pitches. Those are his two options right now. Yeah, he needs one of those um, backdoor cutters that that comes back over the plate and doesn't stay outside for four to five. If he had one of those, that would be a that would be a nice little tool to have in, in your in your arsenal for him. But not sure would once again, Hall of Famer CC Sabathia right. can develop that middle middle of the rotation. J Hap can. So yeah, that's the thing. He's trying to be cute. <clears throat> it's not even cute. It's just he's trying to hit corners and he has to live on the corners. He has to. He's got to be. You know, Mike Mussina esque with his with the pitch selection and, and where he is. I mean, Mussina's a great guy, also Hall of Famer. Figured it out. Diminished velocity, even though Hap doesn't really have diminished velocity, but he was a guy that could, you know, live on both sides of the plate, touch the black, and and will make you swing at bad pitches um, because of, of his deception. And, and J Hap just does not have that. There's there's no deception, and there's a lot of very just flat fastballs when they do leak over the plate. Um, they can't hit far. And here's the other thing. You walk six guys, 
Now you got to be even more cute. Now you got to even be more particular when you're trying to be particular in the first place. So it's really just a not not that not a great strategy once it goes once it starts going sour. It's a really uh, it's a bad downhill um, you know chain of events. But I, unless he can unless he can hit that or uh, or he's got a, a a big zone on a given day, he's in trouble. So yeah, so the question is how many more starts do they give him? Because he he's not giving them a chance to win. They won his first start against Baltimore because the Yankees will always score more runs than Baltimore. That's a rule. Right, that is a rule. So if that ever does if that ever doesn't happen, I think we need to start questioning our reality. But against Philly, I'm glad you're on they my side. weren't I'm able glad to you're on my side. <laughs> they, they weren't able to score more runs in in the first game. Although, who knows if it was a 9-inning game, maybe they come back against that Philly bullpen because boy is that bad. But do they give Jay Happ another start? Oh yeah, yeah, they'll give him another start. Well, how many how many more starts are they going to give him? Because they do have other options. Clark Schmidt is an option. They could start Luis Sessa, who just came back from COVID. They could ramp him up. They could start Loizaga in his place next time because Loizaga pitched in the second game of the doubleheader. They could start Michael King. Like there are options. It's not like they are those the are, Red Sox. Those are options staff. also that get you the same amount of innings max as Jay Happ does as well. So, but maybe they don't give up five maybe. runs. Maybe they give up one or two. Here's runs. the thing: the Yankees are in a really good position right now in the American League East in a in a in a season that now has 97 percent of the league entering the playoffs. So, so at this, <laughs> I think I got to check your math so on that one. But at it's this point. What's what's the uh, what's the harm in trying to get your guy trying to, trying to get your guy out there and get him right? Because now one, you can eat him up. Who cares? Going to go to an arbiter. We all understand like the situation with him. Probably not going to be with the team next year. Who cares? Get him out there like a guy trying to prove that he's still worth a damn on any contract on any contract with any team. Um, and you're you're not dipping into the guys that. You wouldn't if this were the last two weeks of the season, you would absolutely dip into. So why not just ride it out, you know, while the while the getting's good? Because I think that's what they're gonna do. And I do think they have that approach. Maybe. Maybe. And I know he's not scheduled to pitch against Tampa because the Yankees are gonna play four games this weekend in Tampa and he just pitched. But let's just say a hypothetical scenario, his start after that was scheduled to come against Tampa. Or against Baltimore, the second say, place team. In the Amer- you mean the team that just got swept by Baltimore? That team, <laughs> the second place team in the American League East, the Baltimore Orioles. Do you do you just maybe push Hap so he starts against the Phillies, or he starts against we're, the Braves, we're pushing or Hap something to, like that? To not start against the Orioles is that what you just said? <laughs> just to make sure, I just want to be clear. I'm trying to get at. Do you? No, not throw Hap against the teams that you need to beat more because you want to win your division. So to again. <laughs> we, we we need to beat the Baltimore Orioles more. Baltimore, the Baltimore Orioles hit Hap hard. Yeah. No, no. It, again, a JV high school team will hit Hap hard. So the answer is no. The answer is no. I, I look. I, you know, as much as I want to see the, I want to see you know Clark Schmidt go out there and and toe the rubber sure. and and be the guy. I do. If it were me uh, as a fan for pure entertainment reasons, I, that's exactly what I would pick. I would not choose Jay Happ, to be clear. That being said, I don't think the Yankees uh, operate like that because they want to make sure that they're there at the end. They want to make sure that their guys are in the best position to succeed. And if Jay Happ can get out there and, you know, 
walk six guys, go two innings, and like, you know, only give up five to the Baltimore Orioles, they're still in the game. You know, they, they're just, they're going to try to get him right. I, I'm being facetious. But that does hurt your I'm bullpen. Being facetious. That, that, yeah, like, but it hurts your bullpen because the guy that was going to come in after him is now starting. So what's the difference? Really? What's the difference? What? Uh, it's two innings. What? <laughs> if you left half it's out there for nine but it's, that's the reality. Had you left Hap out there for the seven innings against Philly yesterday, he would have had like 17 walks. Yeah. Yeah, he would have had a lot of walks because nobody would have swung the bat. Oh, God. It was it was painful to watch, really. It was That's just like, the worst part. When you're out there, it's like it's like molasses. You're just like, oh, my God. This guy's like yeah. slowly dying in front of you. He can't do anything it's, about it's, it. You know he's at the, you know, going toward the twilight. You know he's frustrated as all hell because this has really never happened to him. Not not in this, mm-hmm. you know, this way. And there's not a ton to explain it besides the fact that he's got to pitch a little different because the balls that were getting hit before are now going out of the ballpark. It's a it's gotta be an extremely it's, it's, frustrating thing, honestly. I, I don't even I don't even blame Hap really, because we were all in agreement. Signing him after the 18 season was a solid move. He was a good middle of the rotation pitcher at that yeah. point. We didn't know that he was not going to be able to live in 2019 and 2020. That that was like that wasn't even in the realm of possibility. But here we are. So I don't blame the Yankees for signing him, and I don't blame fans for wanting the Yankees to sign him because that's what the data and that's what our eyes told us at oh, that. Oh, and time. by the way, too, the contract. So it's a real shitty situation that. They, he and the Yankees have found themselves in where it's just all of a sudden because of something out of your control. I believe it's out I, of their look, control. There's, there's, I'm pitch. certainly not going to take all of the all of the honest off of Jay Hap. They're not all, but would he be this bad if the ball wasn't juiced? I, I, look, I, I'm expecting him as a professional athlete and a professional pitcher who's been in the game for as long as he has to make the adjustments to be serviceable. So I, I will absolutely give him, you, you know. Of extremely fair criticism for not making certain adjustments to be able to be a, at least a proficient pitcher, to, to be an option to get get to the next guy. He's not even that. So, so no, I still I think know. a lot of this is on him for these adjustments and not being made. But um, no, the 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 environment, the circumstance of the ball, and and the way that guys are hitting do not play to his strengths. There's no doubt. So. But I still, I, I, he's 1,000% not off a hook. Uh, this is a guy that is mightily struggling and cannot make an adjustment. So, um, yeah, it's a problem. That being said, like, you and people are up in arms about the money, too. Look at the money compared with the numbers that he had um, when he signed. And then look across the league. Like, no one of a decent yeah. pitcher was getting under $16 million. It just wasn't happening. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's essentially on the low end of of the you know two to three year deals that were going out there for guys that you'd have any any kind of you know <laughs> the any any it, that you'd want on your roster even in a, a little bit so it's half a million bucks a start that's what you were basically paying him to do he was making 30 starts he was a durable pitcher and he was going to keep you in the game and you were paying half a million bucks a start for that and that was the going rate at right. the time yeah so it is what it is you know uh, uh, it doesn't seem like he can make these adjustments. Yeah, it's been a year plus. Although we 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 forget about the second half, J Hap, who was much better uh, than the first half of last year. So there there is that hope, I guess. We're looking at what he know. did in the second half, and and he was a serviceable pitcher. So uh, 
So are you saying maybe like the the delayed season and the shortened season just threw a wrench and all that? Maybe. And... I mean, that part of part of my prediction, part of the reason behind my prediction. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Go ahead. Let's see, let's hear you justify. Part of the this reason prediction. behind my prediction was the second half. Uh, you know, comeback from Jay Happ. He was actually one of the best Yankees pitchers in the second half. He was. Also, that exhibition game where he pitched, I think, against the Mets, where he pitched like five scores. I want to be completely honest. I barely knew he pitched in an exhibition game. Okay. I was, it's not like I was watching those exhibitions. I believe he pitched the first or the second exhibition game and he looked really good. And everyone was like, yeah, Jay And it had nothing to do with, with the nerds and their computers who made him a Cy Young candidate. Nothing to do with that. Had everything to do with the second half. Although I bet you. Yeah. Didn't the, Simulated yeah. season have him like with a three point two yes, ERA. Yeah, but I guarantee what Nailed they were it. looking at was also how he finished the season. And when you look at how he finished yeah. the season, you would expect that hey, this guy made some adjustments. This guy made adjustments in a in a in a season where the ball is flying out at record pace. And if he made those adjustments, why can't he now take those adjustments, the pressure points of the ball, the arm angle, whatever he was doing, and put those into twenty twenty. It's not happening. It's not happening yet. You know, it's not to say that it won't happen, but it's not happening right now. And I guarantee if you, you had to guess, wait it out. If you had to guess, how many wins does he finish with? I can't. I can't go back off my bull prediction at this point. I have to stay there. <laughs> well, he's not going to get seven. I, I'm not making another prediction on Jay Happ. I'm no. Okay. I, 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 say I over under two. Over under two and a half. Over. Because I think he's going to get more starts. He's going to get more starts, but he's not going to get the five innings. That's the problem. That's that's a problem. <laughs> That was a pro- that's a problem that I did not come did not go into my brain when I was doing the seven wins. Like even if he pitches okay, yeah, he's not gonna get like to they're it. gonna pull him at four innings. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. I'll, yeah. I'll live I'll live with the over though because I had seven as my bold, so I'm not gonna be a complete bitch and just go under. <laughs> uh, and the Yankees did almost come back in that game. Judge hits the through run home run in the in the bottom of the seventh Ooh. inning, the last inning. And then after the game, Boone goes, I thought the first one was too short and this one was just right after after both games. And did uh, what last episode at the end, we sort of talked about how we, we weren't a huge fan of the seven inning doubleheaders, but we hadn't actually seen the Yankees playing them yet. Seeing them playing them. Uh, what's your take on it? It's now? dumb. It's very dumb. Just play two more innings. But did the, the second game? Ga- uh, each game. So ironically, each game almost took three yeah. hours. Yeah, muscle memory. Seven <laughs> inning They're games like, oh, almost took three hours. Guys, we're out here. Three so, hours. Game game uh, game two took two hours and thirty eight minutes. And game one, two hours and forty four minutes. Those games, if there are two extra innings, are each going over three hours. Well, I mean that's that's fine. That's totally very normal for for a nine inning game at this point, anyway. So, but let's also let's blame the first one on the fact that Jay Happ was walking the ballpark. That's fine, but at the same time, it didn't feel that much shorter, honestly, as far as like time. No. But 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 let me don't 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 uh don't latch onto that. I I don't like it because of of that reason. It still feels long. It's still a, a longer like. Why not just give me the next two innings? Because that's what we are supposed to be playing. And you're right. That first game. That first game. Judge hits it. The, the ball in the seventh inning. Bam. Back in the game. Guess what? The, two more innings. The Yankees are coming back. The Yankees are coming back. You're in goddamn that first right. Game they are it's nine innings because because the uh, the Phillies do not have a bullpen. The Phillies don't have a bullpen, and they're conditioned and ready to get back in the games when they have two more outs. There's still more outs to play, and now you're robbing me of those outs. That was a robbed win. We should have swept that doubleheader because the second game, guess what? Our bullpen is good. You're not coming back. Although, although the Yankees had to empty their bullpen in the second game in a seven-inning game because 
They started with Loisica. They went to Avalon. Is, who, is it just me or, or does Avalon pitch every day? He's good. I know, but he's in there every good. game. I think he leads the team in appearances. I, I don't know where the hell he came from, but I love him. He's terrific. <laughs> so they go to they go to he, he's Loisica, like Nestor Cortez when Nestor Cortez was good. They go to uh, who is the other guy that they had from um, Arizona? He was a lefty. Oh God, I can I picture his face. He's got a chubby face. <laughs> picture his face. He's got a chubby, chubby face. face. Left-hander. He kind of shot putted the ball. I'll think of it. They go to Kirby, they go to Kirby Chad Yates. Green. They, no, Kirby Yates, no, right-hander, no, righty, and Kirby Yates. He's got a punchy good. face. They, they go to. Um, they go or maybe to, his name is just Kirb, Kirby, and I said, and Pudge is Kirby Puckett's nickname, and I just went there. I could have. I don't know my how track. my brain worked to that point, but it could have. Losing my thought track on on who that pitcher was. Um, then uh, they they had to go to Green. They had to go to uh, Adovino. They had to go to Britain. If that game is two more innings, who's pitching the eighth and the and the ninth? Somebody who's pitching those extra two somebody. innings doesn't matter. They're gonna win, just like they would have won the first okay, game. But what I'm saying the is. There. The second game felt it didn't feel like a shortened game. That's because to me. they had, that's because they had because... so many relievers come into the game. So you have the pitching yes, changes exactly. and you have the, the, the it feel like you know it's the longer at that point. The reason the reason baseball is doing the seven inning doubleheader is because they know they have to play so many of them now to make up games. And they're the rosters are already expanded. They agreed we're going to do two extra people now. 28, ro- 28 roster people for the rest of the season. 28 players. If you're playing nine-inning doubleheaders basically once or twice a week, the Phillies ha- well, don't the Phillies have to play like 56 games in 55 days or something stupid? Yeah, they haven't played what, in a week? Yeah. And the Marlins are going to be in the same boat. The Cardinals are going to be in the same boat. The Yankees had so many games shuffled around. They had rescheduled with Baltimore, rescheduled with Philly. Now now a doubleheader against Tampa that wasn't on the schedule. If you're playing all these doubleheaders with no off days and you do nine innings, where is the where are the pitchers coming from? So here are your options. Nine inning games with 33-man rosters and and. Go- pitchers who do not belong in the major leagues. Okay, you're going to get pitchers who don't belong in the major leagues. Or seven inning games, like that's what they're that's what they're deciding between. They're gonna, but they're gonna have those those guys that don't belong in the major leagues anyway. That's that's happening now. That's gonna happen when they're down to twenty eight. It's gonna happen. I okay. I guess especially you're, with you're the cutting of, it down. Fine, I mean, you're cutting it down. It is what especially it is. I, with the, again, well, I've said this. I I don't care in this season. That's my my only thing is I don't want it to be a, a thing moving forward and any kind of a precedent. No, I that's don't all, either. That's all. That's all I care about. I don't want it to be a thing going forward either, but I understand where they're coming from in this season. It just because you know what happens when people get used to something and they and they're like, oh, this this worked. Then they sell a narrative. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think people are going to get used to this. I don't. People, I don't. Everybody think, gets used to everything. Uh, do you see? Talkman said that he he wants them to play seven inning doubleheaders every Sunday. Of course they do. That's because that, that's what I was talking about. The weekend warriors seven inning uh, doubleheaders on Sundays. That's what we do. It's what every person who plays uh, baseball is still above the age of twenty five. Do Who's you not a think professional? owners are going to extra prorate the pay because it's not a nine inning game they're playing? So each prorated game is going to be prorated on a seven inning basis for those shortened games. You know some dickhead owner is going to bring that up at some point. That would be some petty shit. I kind of hope it happens because we can just uh, prove it out. But um, yeah, if they do that, they're really nitpicking badly. Um, 
But I could see them doing it for sure. Absolutely, you could see them doing it. Because how many innings, there's two innings per double. It depends on how many doubleheaders they play. If they play a good amount of doubleheaders and it, and it, well, and like it equates to Phillies. a certain amount. Yeah, it, it's going to equate to a lot of innings, which will equate to a it's lot gonna, of ball games, which will equate to a lot of like, dollars. One and a half or two games it's going to equate to for some teams. Yeah, sure. how, many, how much ad revenue do you get in two innings of baseball? That's what I want to know. Five minutes. Well, uh, six, eight minutes of commercial, eight minutes of commercials, right? three minutes. Uh, I don't know. Three minutes in between or is it four? Is it four? No, it's two twenty. So call it three, six minutes yeah. for easy math, which I can't do, but that's so they're going to use that. Whatever that math problem is. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, split double header again, it's kind of what you come to expect, um, in the second game, you know, Loisica has has I think positioned himself as a legitimate starter option. I, I I still think maybe he plays better in the bullpen, but I I think you know opener slash starter is is what they're moving him towards. You're not talking about Tyler Clippert, are you? What the, the lefty reliever? Clippert's a righty. What are you talking about? You're going back to that? Yeah, I was going back to that. I was looking it up. Oh, yeah, T- Clippert is a righty. Vidal Nuno. Oh, okay. Vidal Nuno. That was a long time ago, and he—I don't think he came from. He was the he was the pre Nestor Cortez. Okay, for like a minute, or did, for like a minute. Did Nest did Nestor Cortez? Come Nestor from Cortez came from came from uh, the uh, Baltimore. He was DFA'd by Baltimore, and we picked him up because they have. I- such a good. I'm fairly certain they picked up Vidal Nuno from Arizona. Vidal Nuno went like to Seattle. Trade I think Seattle in 2014. Seattle. I don't know. Vidal Nuno went know. everywhere. He had a chubby face, though. Yeah, he had a chubby body. He's <laughs> a chubby guy. What was I talking about? It's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, uh, Loisica and so the fact Loi- that I think yeah, they're- Loisica yeah. is still, no matter, even if you put him in the, you're, you're talking about the opener as like a starting pitcher, opener slash whatever. He, the guy that's starting yeah. the game. Uh, you're still not going to get the length that he's not stretched out. They're not, they're not going to do, um, they're not going to get him into a true starting position, whatever that means in, in today's baseball. I, I still love his stuff in the bullpen. I just think he's got. Much better stuff uh, that that actually really does translate very well to be a high impact bullpen arm. I, I I could see him being like the next guy, the next Chad Green on their list of of guys that they developed. And they've they have, the Yankees have such a good track record of doing that with some of these guys. After Jabba and Phil Hughes going back and forth, back and forth, they should have left them where they were, and they would have been fine. Um, but they do have a good track record of identifying those types of guys and then putting them mm-hmm. in positions to succeed. I think Sessa is a, a guy that we. We saw last year um, pitch a lot better. I would I would actually venture that if they were to stretch somebody out, it would actually be him more than it would be Sessa. Yeah, Loisiga because Sessa does have more of a repertoire. I think he can get through with the, his pitch selection. He can get through, you know, the um, the order twice, potentially three times. Like that's with his stuff, he's got the ability to do that. Loisiga, I, I see Loisiga as more of a two pitch guy and and someone who really should be focusing on throwing the ball over the plate with his high impact pitches for an inning two max. Well, is there is there a possibility where you you open with Loisiga, get through the tough part of whatever lineup you're facing, the top of the order, and then go to Hap? 
I, I I don't think there's a tough part of the order for Jay Happ at this point. I think every major league baseball player, Everybody. one through nine, because now there's no pitchers either. So even if you're playing the National League, you're playing a designated hitter. Um, maybe he's a Triple A designated hitter for some teams. Who knows? But still, that guy has a bat and steps into the box. And when that happens against Jay Happ, there's a problem so far. So I don't think it matters. And no, I hate well, like and, the and next I, and start. I hate it. I hate that mentality because guess what? Jay Happ's still gonna have to face the top of the, the uh, lineup again. Still gonna have to face those guys. He's not going one inning. That's true. That's true. That yeah. whole theory about when right. the like, let's go and get. We're gonna put Chad Green in the first inning to take the top three out. Like, if you're in a playoff game, one game scenario, I can maybe entertain that. But even still, um, and I, I loved the seventh inning rally the Yankees had in the second game. G- Talkman and Geo with, with clutch. Talkman's, in my opinion, needs to start every day. I know Gardner has three hits and they're all home runs. Talkman's better at this point. He gives you better at bats. Give give me starting Talkman, please. Or or just or just let's let's keep this rotation going that's working really well and and keep the guys uh, fresh and healthy. Because Gardner right now, I mean, you can't tell you can't say to you can't like pine for Gardner to get taken out of the lineup right now because he's actually hitting currently. He's not hitting currently. He has three hits this no, season. No, no, currently like and- the last like what three games, four games. He got three home runs. Uh, I don't know whatever as, it is right now as it stands he's do on you know street. what my problem do you know what the problem is is that if Brett Gardner is going to be an all-or-nothing hitter that's not what they need him to be they need him to get on base more okay they need him to have good at-bats and get on base as the bottom nine hitter and set it up for the top of the order they don't need Brett Gardner to hit 210 with home runs because they have enough of those guys do you agree yes with that? but I also agree I also think that the reason why Talkman, we talked about this last time, Talkman is a a victim of his own success to a to a point. He is such a flexible player in the outfield that he can go anywhere. I mean, granted, if you start a position, you can still shuffle around. That's not a, that's not a problem. But he does have the ability to come in. We 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 talked about how he's really shown that that really good um, base running instincts, especially for stealing a base and just has that good, um, that good feeling for, for when to get a good lead and, ha- and he's just getting great jumps on the base path. So he's a, he's becoming a very valuable guy off the bench as well. So I, I just, I, when I, when something is not broken, as far as the, the team, I have a hard time taking a cog out, even if that guy is struggling a little bit, because when you have the other guys coming in and really exceeding in their positions at the times when they come in, they're still getting a lot of reps. It's not like he's not getting reps. He's getting reps. He, he so is. So what's the difference if you're starting the He's game? also producing in his sporadic reps. He's hitting 357 with a 438 he on base. He looks terrific. Percentage. And I think so if you're if you're Boone, you're saying, "Well, I know I can plug you in any day of the week, any position and you're going to you're going to be good." Right. And that's that's yeah. that's that's a that's, a, that's almost greatest. That's almost <laughs> what? It almost works. No, to your point, I, I see your point. It's like it almost works against him as far as starting. absolutely because oh, you don't need to start. You come in whenever you're gonna. Yeah, hit. that it's a uh, when a manager has a guy like that, he's golden. He's absolutely yeah. sitting pretty. It's like a Ben Zobris type. Although Zobris could play the infield as well, but you know he's not a starter at any one position necessarily. Or when when he was really in that in that utility role, um, but you know he was well, going to be out there. It was like you know what when we the this year two of Hicks Hicks was a fourth outfielder but he played as much as everybody else he was in there almost every day it seemed like he was in there almost every day he was playing a lot there was a good rotation 
And I, and Talkman is actually the defensive guy that goes in because last night in the second game, Andujar was playing left field and Talkman was already in the game, but they didn't pinch hit. They pinch hit Gardner for Andujar late in the game. They didn't pinch hit Hicks because I don't think they want to mess with Hicks's back or anything like that coming. Once Hicks is on the bench, he's on the bench. Yes. And I, I I think for the most part, you're going to see Guardy like that as well. Um, it was, that was surprising to me actually, but the, because Guardy, I, I have a feeling takes longer to warm up, you know, to get ready for the, for, for getting into the game. Well, so that's why Talkman is a guy that to me has just, you know, ultimate, uh, the ultimate appeal to, to come into a game at a certain time when, when you need, uh, you know, whatever he provides hitting, running, uh, fielding, the guy's excelling in all three positions right now, which is a terrific thing. Yeah, and uh, they pinch hit Gardner, and then Girardi brings in a lefty. And if you had pinch hit Hicks, you got to switch hitter up, right? But I, and I know all they're really the move is for defense, and and Duhar's not hitting, unfortunately. And if it we we talked about this like when I made my bold prediction, he's going to start fewer than twenty games, and he's on pace to break that. He's going to start more games, but he's not hitting, and I don't see him continuing to get starts if he's not hitting. No, he needs to hit to to get starts. There's no, that's that's his. That's his yeah. positive contribution to this team. It's not defense. Yeah. So and I and I get it. Like I I do believe he can be a good hitter. Like I'm not saying 2008. I'm not, not like saying 18 was a fluke. Right. 18 was not a fluke. And Duhar is a good yes. hitter. But he's also a guy that I think needs reps. Why give him the reps when everyone else around him is hitting and better at defense? Because I think I like similar to Jay Happ, at this point in the season, the way that the season is trending and how the Yankees are playing right now, um, I almost said Girardi. Boone wants to Boone wants to get his guys right. He wants to get all of his guys going. Because at some point, if you can find the um, you know, a little bit of a hot streak, just a little bit of a, a you know, a squeaker just to get you on base to break the schneid, whatever it is, now you're you have a guy, now you have a guy like Anduar. You know the ability, you know this what where where the ceiling is for a guy like him, and it's very, very high. So you you want to get him going. You don't want to just sit your guys who are struggling and just have them sit and rot. That does nothing for this team. If you're in a position where there's a little bit of a leeway, get them in the game, get them right. Um, yeah, and uh, I know it's not many at bats. I think it's it's like eighteen at bats or something like that for Andujar. Um, but he made it. He made a nice play at third base yesterday in in the first game. He made a nice nice diving stop. But then on like four other ground balls, he's double pumping every time. <sighs> I hate people talking about this double pump. There are plenty of people who double pump and just do it just fine. If that's the way he throws, it's not the problem. His footwork is the problem. The double pump is just an easy way for everybody. To go, yeah, double pump. A Rod well, double, double pumping. It's double pumping, but also like double crow hop. Yeah, get, get your. It's taking an extra get your, half second to throw. Get the your ball. feet right. His feet. His footwork is a disaster. That's his problem. That's his main problem. So what is what is Andujar's future? Designated is hitter, his future. <laughs> Well, it's not on the Yankees then. It, it, I don't see they how have he plays a, in the outfield. They have Stanton. They have Stanton as a DH for ten probably, years. Yes. So then it's not on the Yankees. It's uh, you're right. It's probably get him going, get him going. So his bat is is very clearly visible to everybody in the world after an injury, and he's he's certainly a trade candidate. Absolutely, he's got no spot. Yeah. There are so many people in front of him at this point. Outfielders, chock full outfielders in front of him. Third base, you Geo's a, a freaking all star. Yeah, Geo's Geo's amazing. Show me a nerd that that says anything negative about his defense. I'm going to punch him in the face because you can't 
You can't tell me that that guy plays bad defense. You just can't tell me. Well, no. So he had, it's like, oh, he he doesn't get it. This he, is what he they misses do. a relay occasionally, or like his. No, 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 no. It's it's like you can dig in his Fangraph Fangraph's defensive metrics and find some poor defensive metrics. But again, like I've talked to Zimborski about this. Defensive metrics are not that they're horseshit, accurate, and they take a, they take a long time to mature. So you need like three full seasons of data to really get a clear picture of defensive metrics. And Gio Urshela has not had three full seasons. He's had sporadic playing time. Use your eyeballs and know, is he Matt Chapman at third base? No, Matt Chapman's the best third baseman in baseball defensively. But he's very, very good. He is well above average, and he is hitting like an all-star. He he has unequivocally taken the third base job, unequivocally taken the third base job, and Wally pipped uh, Miguel Andujar. Yeah, and he did, I mean, he did that last year. It was just he's now backing it up and saying if anybody was was doubting the fact that Gio Urshela is actually a real baseball player and that 2019 was a fluke uh, in a in a in a season, especially on the offensive side, mostly on the offensive side, because I know a lot of people were waiting for him to come back down to earth. I. I thought he was going to come down a little bit. I mean, I thought I, he would. I thought he was going to go down to league average offense, but I still thought that would be good right. enough to keep him in the lineup because of his it's, defense. It does seem like at the plate, even before the season and what he's doing now, it, something has clicked. He's a lot more comfortable. There's that. There's that just maturation process. He's obviously one of these guys who just turned it on uh, later, and and I think comfort is a big part of this. And now that he's comfort uh, comfortable up at the plate. I mean, he's really able to shine now because there's not one side of the ball where he's, you know, not as uh, not as efficient as on the other side. He's just an all around very good player and a hell of a hell of a clubhouse guy. Dude always has a smile on his face. Is Gio Urshela the best Yankees third baseman since Scott Brocious? You're trying to tell me A Rod <laughs> is not the best third base? No, it's it's Alex Rodriguez. Okay, I'm not. I'm, I don't hit him that much. I was just, I just wanted to see how far I wanted to see how far you were going to go with you. Look, just because I don't like <laughs> Alex Rodriguez doesn't mean I'm blind. Sports are back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is finally back. The Yankees are the best team in baseball, which is awesome. And there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partner, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and prop bets you can bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, BetOnline sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Ory. See what they had to say on what it will be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit BetOnline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember, use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. Help support Bronx Pinstripes by going and checking out BetOnline.ag and using promo code BLUEWIRE. They've been with us all the way through quarantine, so you should be with them now. BetOnline is your online wagering experts. So another guy that we did not expect to be struggling offensively is Glaber. Glaber does not look good at the plate. And I I was kind of digging into what it was. I was curious, you know, is he just swinging at bad pitches? Um, Is he giving himself in bad counts? Why is Glaber Torres struggling? And it's because he's not hitting the ball hard. He's just not making hard contact. So his plate discipline numbers are actually either equal or better than 2018 and 2019. One thing that he did... In 2019, he started to swing 
more at pitches in the strike zone, which is a great thing because pitches in the strike zone, you're going to make better contact. He's still doing that. He's just not making good contact. His barrel percentage so far this year is 4.2%. Last year, it was 10.1%. So he's just not hitting the ball what, as hard, what's and the, that's what, gonna that's gonna come. You're saying that's gonna you're come. saying the, um, but he's still swinging. Do you have the number on the, like what he's swinging at over the plate? Is that is it close to what it was last year? Yeah, it's, I didn't write it down, but I, it, it didn't jump out at me. It was like a percentage point or two off yeah. where he's he's still swinging at the pitches he should be swinging at. He's just not hitting the his ball. timing's not there or whatever yeah, it is. So, it's just a it's a so to me that tells that tells me okay. 30 more at-bats, he'll be there. I know he'll right. be there. So I'm not alarmed with Gleyber Torres. Does it suck right now because he's hitting behind Aaron Judge, the hottest hitter on the planet, and he's not producing, and he's in between Judge and Stanton, two of the hottest it's hitters It's not affecting so Judge. Season? That's that's for sure. Shockingly, yeah. yet, like, pitchers are still pitching to Judge. Like, why? I don't know. Pitch to Gleyber until he figures it out. But... But, yeah, Gleyber's going to figure it out. Just, I think that's the reason he's struggling. It sounds like a... I mean that those numbers right there are great. They they absolutely point to the fact that a guy is just doesn't have his timing yet in the in an early season is just struggling to get you know the um the barrel to where he wants it on a on a yeah. on a consistent basis. And if that's the case or you know whatever the case is, I've never had a doubt with Gleyber Torres and I'm not going to have a doubt with Gleyber Torres. He could do this for another 10 games and I'm still not going to be completely worried. I mean, um, for him, I want him to come out of it sooner than later, obviously, because he's battling his own internal mind and probably pressing at this point. But once he gets out of it, he's going to go on a tear because he's a good hitter. And that's what people need to remember. The kid's a good hitter. No matter, the, the talent is absolutely there. He will get back to uh, to form because that's who he is. He's not this guy. Yeah. And the thing that you don't want to see is if the slump goes on longer, then he starts pressing and starts to swing at bad right. pitches. That's because that's going to just prolong. Yeah. The you don't want him talking to Gary Sanchez and asking Gary how God. Gary gets out of uh, slumps. Don't want that to happen. Ugh. 2016 I, judge. Don't want that guy. You want 2017 judge. Maybe judge can help him with the adjustments and help him barrel up the ball and keep that barrel in the plane of the strike zone a little bit longer. How about that? Sanchez is by far looked the worst at the plate out of any Yankee this season. And he's not coming out of the lineup because he's the starting catcher. I, I just got, I got a drill on the elbow last night. I think it was maybe it, a funny bone. It kind of looked like that's where it hit. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah. those, but thank, thankfully, I mean, who knows? You know, 2019 Yankees were definitely getting an MRI today with something, uh, with a tweet about an MRI today. But 2020, I don't know. Maybe enough bad things have happened. Yeah, and it's it's not going to surprise me if Higgy's catching. Oh, I, today. I guarantee he will. He'll definitely get a day for yeah, sure. Monty Monty is uh, Monty's on the mound, and you got four games coming up uh, in the in the lovely Tropicana Field Dome over the weekend. But Sanchez, I, I don't know, lost, just completely, utterly lost at the plate. The dome, and the dome. Was where there, the, oh no, that was Minnesota. Was it Minnesota where the uh, Minnesota doesn't have a dome. No, when Gary or was it Tampa where Gary uh, where everybody was killing him a couple years ago, where he um, when he didn't, he didn't run. run. Yeah, was it Tampa or yeah. was it Minnesota? It was it was, it was Tampa. Tampa. So uh, with Sanchez, I actually saw a stat. He leads the league in framing so far, which is an imperfect stat anyway. And this is what he was working on. And I've noticed like, oh, he is framing pitches well. Like he's always moving his glove around and he's getting called strikes. But uh, so his defense is okay. Yeah, uh, he hasn't had offense, really just... egregious pass balls since the the one that he uh, you know let go 
that I gave him a pass for. The uh, we we I feel like you gave him a you gave him a pass on that pass I ball. I did. I gave him a pass on that one. So it looks like uh, you know the the Ironic. the ground up defense is going well. All right. So Garrett Cole, another guy who has not found which his is great is Garrett. great news. His great news. This great is very news. good news. This is you nitpicking on his stats, which I appreciate because it just what it does is it shows the it shows the the greatness of what Garrett Cole is. Honestly, he's pitched. 17 and two-thirds innings. He's 3-0 and and has a 2.55 ERA. And me using my eyes, I know Garrett Cole is not right. Uh, yeah, and Garrett and Cole know, says it as well. He, he's Garrett very, Cole knows he's not right. right. He is demonstrative on the mound, like in a critical, self-critical way. He goes to the dugout. He's looking at he's looking at um, stills. He's looking at f- footage of what he can do better. He is not pleased with himself. And that is amazing, <laughs> considering he has a 2.55 ERA. He had to grind through Monday's start. He didn't have his good fastball. So far on the season, I said 2.55 ERA, 4.24 FIP, 4.44 expected FIP. So that tell the, shows tell the people me, what that means for those that don't know. FIP is Fielder Independent Pitching ERA, and it tries to just isolate what the pitcher is doing, pitcher and batter, to isolate what the true ERA is taking out any variables in the field, because there's a lot of variables in the field. So what those numbers indicate is that Garrett Cole is pitching worse than his 2.55 ERA, and I agree with that. You look at him, and I agree with that. He has not been able to locate his fastball. He missed up in the zone a bunch with his fastball. He was overthrowing. Did you see that clip? I think the Pitching Ninja put it out, where you can hear on the mic Garrett Cole yelling at himself, too much, Garrett, too much, after he threw a fastball. Um, His fastball is his best pitch. In 2019... These numbers are are just absolutely disgusting. I so appre- I so appreciate the fact that he calls himself out by the by his own name. Yeah, it's like Tiger. It's, it's remember when Tiger. I used still to, do like, that to myself for playing softball. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so 2019, his four seam fastball was his best pitch. He averaged 97.1 miles an hour, 38 percent whiff rate, meaning 38 percent of the time batters are swinging and missing. Is that what fastball. whiff means? Oh, it okay. is. And he uh, used it as his put-away pitch 33% of the time. So I was wondering, what does Garrett Cole get his strikeouts on? Because he has a knuckle curveball and he has a slider. But his fastball is still what he gets most of his strikeouts on because it's an elite fastball. High spin rate, high velocity. 249 expected weighted on base average. Woba. That's basically what batters get on for like you don't want to have batters get on base so 249 is very very good that's all 2019 those are elite levels 2020 so far with his four seam fastball 96.6 miles an hour only slightly it's, less not not alarming it's the same essentially 17 percent whiff rate down from 33 percent 17 percent put away down from 33 percent 330 weighted on base average expected weighted on base average. He hasn't found his fastball yet. That's why Garrett Cole has not been Garrett Cole so far, even though he still has a 2.55 ERA and he's 3-0 and and I trust him with my life in a baseball game. He has not found his fastball yet. And when he does, the American League is toast. This guy has not lost a game since I think May 22nd, 2019, May something, 2019. <laughs> not lost a game in in over a year. I mean, granted, we started late, but 
The, the That's point, 20, 20, 19, 19 starts. The, the point stands. Right? Yes. It's been a very, very long time since this guy has ever lost a baseball game uh, and, and had an L next to his name. He's phenomenal. So when his his okay stuff is still at 97 miles per hour, um, you're seeing... Uh, you're seeing a very, very positive thing for the New York Yankees. 17% to 38%, big difference. That's that's cut in yeah. half, essentially, plus. And when you're when you're not getting the same swing and miss on that, yeah, there's only upside to go because you work he works off of his fastball. He works off of his fastball. You know, sometimes I think people think it's backwards. Fastball is a put out pitch. You work off of the other ones. No, you work off the fastball and then everything else is complimentary because people have to look. They have, if you are a guy that has a fastball that's respected and you have to adjust for it because it's coming in at such a high velocity and you can, you can put it where you want it, then you always have to be, you always have to be ready for that and you always have to respect it because it's the hardest pitch to hit in baseball when right. Yep. So that's, I mean, that's a, it's a pretty, pretty cool stats to see him still out there and, um, and dominating. And I love how he scrutinizes himself because I, that to me is just the, uh, the mark of a guy who, who, uh, who will earn the money that he's getting. And I love that. I want to see that. Fans want to see that. And it shows the difference in pitchers like Garrett Cole, that elite ace level. And then all the rest of the league. Because when Garrett Cole doesn't have his good stuff, he pitches six innings and allows one run or two runs. When other pitchers don't have their good stuff, they can't get out of the fight. Well, and hit. it's magnified in today's game as well because there's such a there's a much earlier hook. And even even guys who struggle to get through five, like if there's a the fly balls are going out at like we've said, that everybody knows how they how they fly out. But five years ago. You could still get a guy, a number three rele- uh, uh, starting pitcher, number two starting pitcher, and he could work through five plus innings on a bad day, on, a, on an okay day. You didn't have to be Garrett Cole to do that. Today, today well, now, it's magnified, you and you're getting pulled, so you don't even have the opportunity to get through that. Like today, you don't ever have the opportunity to work through anything, essentially, unless you have a track record of doing so, and it's really hard to build a new track record today. Yeah, and uh, I saw a cool tweet from Jack Curry talking about the Gary and Cole relationship. And he said it was notable that Garrett Cole praised Gary Sanchez for giving him some tells from batters to help with his pitch selection and approach. I can't recall another pitcher lauding Sanchez's uh, lauding Sanchez publicly for that specific asset. Cole wants and needs a co-pilot in Sanchez. So part of that is Garrett Cole being a goddamn professional and a goddamn leader in the clubhouse <laughs> saying, Gary, I got you. Even on the days where he's not totally right, Garrett Cole will never, ever, 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 ever ever blame anything on Gary Sanchez when they pitch, when he pitches and Gary's behind the plate ever. He will always take the, take the brunt of the blame. Even if Gary completely screws up, unless it's completely obvious and everybody knows it watching, Garrett Cole will never tell you that because that's the kind of guy he is. And he's there to build up Gary Sanchez to a point where Gary Sanchez is now an elite defender and elite receiver of the ball. And hopefully it carries over to the other side of the plate. But that's that's who Garrett Cole is. And I love that. That's what a good manager does. He takes the brunt. A good pitcher, a, a leader on a team does the same thing. And that's what he's doing. He knows he's got the ability to get past it. So he's he he knows he's better when Gary Sanchez is right and, and is at his highest level. So I love that. So you're you're on board with those nerd stats that I found? You think those, those are, are some, useful? Those are some good nerd stats. Yeah, I like nerd stats when they're, you know, when they uh, when they tell a story, and not just some like arbitrary bullshit like you know defensive run saved. 
Well, because like you look at two two five five ERA and you're like, well, well, he's picked up right where he left off last year. But in reality, he hasn't. So in reality, it should be um, like a one eight. <laughs> That's like he's well, he's, well he's, once he finds his fastball, it's just I think we're gonna notice it in in just the in game. Like he still might have a two five five ERA, but. He's going to have 14 strikeouts and he's going to pitch seven and two thirds or eight. That's the thing. Like now he's getting into a little bit of trouble or there's an occasional ball flying out of the park. Whereas it won't happen that way. Yeah. He's going to mow down guys where now he's, you know, working out, working into and out of a little bit of Garrett Cole trouble. Not, not that that's bad trouble by any means, but it's his, his version of it. Yeah. And I put out a, a joke tweet yesterday and I said, if I were to line up the Yankees postseason rotation, I would go Garrett Cole Pray for rain, pray for rain, pray for rain, and then come back with Garrett Cole. And uh, I think most people understood I was joking, but people were like, what about playoff Tanaka? Montgomery's look good. Like, you got to put those guys in there. Yeah, obviously. But that's kind of where we've been with the Yankees rotation. Besides, so John, I mean, Jordan Montgomery, he's only had... He's had one, one start, start, so it's not... Yeah, and I'm very excited to watch Jordan Montgomery. Exactly. You can't. You can't really get... You can't get too excited about what he is. I mean, you, you could definitely get excited about Jordan Montgomery, but um, can't take too much, obviously, obviously, out of one star. And if he does work with Higgy tonight, that's a that's a a very um, you know a relationship that that is uh, that goes deep, it goes deep into the minor leagues. They know each other well, so I I would assume that there's a big you know very high comfort level there. But I am excited to see him because he's definitely a guy that looks like he's taking another step, and uh, and could be could be one of those could be very very much leaned on in the playoffs. I could see Jordan Montgomery becoming one of those guys where he's getting big starts in the playoffs. He doesn't seem like he gets phased much, honestly. Doesn't seem like a lot bothers him, and I like that. He did not make a start in... When did he get injured? 2018, correct? Yes. He... Early 2018. Did he... Start games in 2017 playoffs. Why can't I remember this? I don't know, but you're asking me the guy who's got the worst memory in the entire face of this planet. Anyway, um, yeah, and and obviously Paxton needs to figure figure his shit out. So the uh, Coles lined up, I believe, to pitch the one of the Saturday doubleheaders in Tampa, and. This is when I think Yankee fans are going to love the seven-inning doubleheaders because what you're looking for is Cole to pitch a complete game, and then you've got a full opener bullpen in the next game. That's <laughs> so that's that's a beautiful thing for for people who love the opener and then the bullpen. I mean, yeah, that's great. Um, I want to see Clark Schmidt get out there and throw, you know, five innings. That'd be cool. I want to see the Yankees develop a starting pitcher. That's what I'd like to see. Well. With the expanded rosters, it's not up to 28 for the full season, and you get an extra guy for double headers. I mean, is Clark Schmidt going to be the guy that they call up maybe for that day, or are they just going to call up more middle relief? Luis Avalon, Luis Sessa, Nick Nelson, these kind of guys. Nick and Nelson just might have um, throw the kitchen the ex- sink against the experiment against is Tampa. delayed again. It was cool the first time out, second time put on hold, not so much. Gonna be gonna be put on hold, I think. Yeah, I think we're gonna start seeing a lot more Luis Sessa now that he's available, which is a which is a positive thing. And I, I do expect Clark Schmidt to be getting an opportunity um, really soon. And just so we're uh, wrapping up on Jordan Montgomery, yeah, he pitched uh, in 17, 29 games started, 2018, 27 innings, uh, six games started. So, right, but look at his playoff. Did he pitch in the playoffs in seventeen? Getting there. I don't believe he did because I think they went with Sonny Gray, 
uh, Severino, Sabathia, and who is uh, Tanaka? Obviously, I don't think they use Montgomery. Yeah, I'm not. It's not. It's not coming out of my brain. I don't see anything. Yeah, no. yeah. I don't think he pitched. So we have not seen him in playoff games because obviously he was hurt in 2018 and 2019. Um, that being said, he looks so like that, a guy. Feels like a guy that's yeah. going to have the the right uh, the right moxie, if you will, for for <laughs> a. Uh, for a, he just doesn't look like he he he's you know he's very relaxed he doesn't have a lot of emotion out there like you're not you don't see Jordan Montgomery getting high and low based on what happens on the field it just doesn't it doesn't look like he's that kind of guy which I love I love that that even keeled you know guy who can who can just stay one one zone especially for him who's who who you know he's got a good pitch selection good repertoire um, and he knows he's got the stuff to do it toolsy guy big toolsy guy. Uh, injuries are up all across of course the league, they are. especially especially pitchers. Um, this was kind of predicted, Blowouts. I think, by a lot. Yeah. Of, yeah, predicted by a lot of people. James Andrews like, this wasn't, is a ref- wasn't James Andrews or the doctor, the Yankees doctor. It was another Yankees doctor. Yeah. Ahmad. He's the one who came um, out in a in a in an article in the Times or wherever it was, the Post, that said he expects it to be up because of the ramp up, and I totally agree, uh, and, and I definitely expected when you get guys ramping up faster and, and trying. Hey, I have an opportunity now. 30 man rosters like this is it like let's go um you better be ready and i think guys are yeah they're getting they're they're trying to ramp up too fast and it's unfortunate but certainly uh on the forefront we saw it coming and it really sucks for guys who get hurt in this kind of a season it's like yes you are taking a risk with covid and you're not getting your full pay because it's all prorated and it's like there's no fans in the stands so you might not even treat it like a, a real season with a real championship. Like it's just like, oh, to get hurt in a season like this must suck. But the Yankees are not going to take any chances. They've already obviously had Canely have Tommy John surgery. But you saw in the doubleheader, they rested guys in the first game. They're even position players. You know, uh, Stanton gets the day off or gets the first game off. Judge is at DH. Tyler Wade is in there. And Duhart played both of the games. You're, you're going to get guys... With days off, like yeah, you can complain about it. There's oh, no reason to complain about it though. This team is built for exactly this. That's the beauty of this team. When when we're talking about who's going to start in a, in a who cares, it doesn't matter. This team is so deep and so flexible that it actually well, they didn't they they had their B lineup in game one, but their B lineup is still solid. But I understand it. Like you don't, it's not. And this is ex- if you're worried about injury, which the Yankees should be. Yeah, put out your B and, lineup. And it's not to say that. One solution is going to prevent injuries either. I think a lot of the load load management solution hasn't worked. Exactly. A lot of the injury prevention has already happened. Like that's the stuff you do before you get to the field, before you get to the season. That's when you start really preventing injuries is when you're preparing your body for the year. Um, But yeah, like LeMay Hughes walking in. I know we were talking about him for uh, just to to mention the fact that the machine is out there again, just every day, multiple hits, multiple hits, multiple hits. I've penciled him in for two hits. So freaking good, man. Um, what's he hitting like four, four, four seventy or something? He's, I'm gonna look. I, it. It's it still makes me mad when I see that he's got a contract that's expiring after this year. Like, come lock him up. I don't care what time of the year it is. I don't care what the circumstance. Just sign the man. He's only hitting four fifty. I mean, he went zero for four in the game in game two. But you you look around and no matter what the lineup, and that's exactly why I think that they're going to continue to roll out J Hap until 
until they don't have to anymore until they're they're they've deemed it you know appropriate at that point we're gonna we're gonna now move on we we're, we're far enough into the season where we got to let other guys get get out there I, I think they're gonna delay it as, as long as possible to try to get him right so that he can because if they, if they just gave up on him right now now you're just you're down you're down a guy that has the at least the potential to be a major league pitcher at least there's a potential there. And, and they uh, they know that. And they saw what happened in the second uh, half of last year. And they saw my bold yeah. prediction. So they're going to keep him out there. <laughs> so the Yankees have five of their usual starting nine with OPSs over 1,000. LeMahieu, Judge, Stanton, Voigt, and Urshela. All OPSs over 1,000. And it's 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 you know bracketed by guys who are really struggling. Glaber Torres four fifty two. That's terrible. Um, Gary's probably disgusting. Gary Gary Sanchez two seventy eight. Oh. Like OPS on base plus slugging two seventy eight. It's it's atrocious. Um, so it's it's bracketed by guys who are really struggling. But to have five better than half your lineup with OPS over a thousand is crazy. Yeah, and it's going to be more than that. I mean, theoretically, it should be more than that when you look at the names on the roster. Like, Labor will be there. Gary Sanchez should absolutely be there. So there's two more guys. Well, a th- no, I mean, 1,000 OPS is is elite, elite. I mean, if you have better than 850 OPS, you're above, you're doing really good. So if you're approaching 900, then f- fantastic. Right, if you're over, yes, over 1,000 is, is much, but more more to the point of should be should be over probably 850, those are the guys that are going to live there. There's two more guys that, that very well could be on that list, is my point. Gary And everybody Lillard. else who's Absolutely. on that list will probably stay there and should stay there. Voight maybe is the guy that... I don't know. Voight's looked good. He terrific. has looked good. He has looked good. And did you see that he, he came in as a defensive bomb replacement? off Nola. For Mike Ford? Yeah. So <laughs> that was... But that was because they had... Um, that didn't make why though that doesn't make that's because they wanted to give Glaber the full game off I think yeah there was a it was a it was an odd situation and again playing with house of money at this point so I think they're they're doing a little they're doing some things that aren't oh, normally what they would do it wasn't Glaber who who was getting the the night game off that they did that for I don't know anyway um is there anything you want to talk about COVID we kind of always update it on it. No new positive tests on the Marlins. No new, no new positive tests on the Phillies. The Cardinals are currently the the team that's Hot the biggest team. issue. They went to the casino, which is just annoying. It's like, it's if you get it because you travel through the airport or, or it was in the clubhouse and it says we don't know how it got. It's like go to a casino, go to a strip club. Like come on, guys. Even though Jeter says his guys weren't at a strip club. Clearly, they were doing something they shouldn't have been it's, doing. It's not so. technically a strip club. It's a entertain. It's a. It's an eatery. It's an, <laughs> I hope not. I hope it's not an eatery. <laughs> Apparently, they have great wings. Cheetos, right? or is that the Tampa one? Uh, no, the, the Atlanta one is very well known. Legs and eggs. Legs, kegs, and eggs. The, yeah. So it seems like uh, you know, uh, not knock on wood. Bottom line is that they're going to power through this. They're going to make every single possible attempt to power through this and and they're they are doing it. And it seems like the 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 cases that have popped up, the the problem areas have certainly been avoidable. And that's a good that's why I think Manfred has made those statements that he has. People are getting on Manfred for those statements where he said the players need to to do a better job and people are saying, "Oh, the league hasn't done a good job." I think the league kind of set it up to fail. But also the players need to take some personal responsibility and and be smart. I think that the league understands that that there's not a 
foolproof way to do this. Like anybody looking at this, there's no clearly you're going. The foolproof method is what the NHL and the NBA are doing, and the players rejected that idea. It's it was too, it was a logistic nightmare for for baseball. I think. How is it more of a logistic nightmare than to have teams flying up and down the coast every three days? I know. Again, I, I think all of them are logistic logistic problems, but I think containing all of these the amount of people for a, a, the length of a baseball season, I think is just, it was in, uh, not realistic. It, it was going to be extremely difficult. And it's a position that baseball was unfortunately in. They had not got their season underway and the other leagues had. So they didn't have to quarantine for a full regular season. I get all that. That's but it though. Again, That's the biggest thing. They could have Maybe. done it. They could Maybe. have in you Arizona. Would have, you would not have gotten even you would have gotten was, a lot of major league players not being there. That's that's what and I think that they saw the writing on the wall for that. Maybe, but either way, either is way, there a the, situation? The bottom, here, here's the thing. They're gonna go through it. I, I think that the fact that uh baseball put the protocols in place, did all the, the testing, like the testing wasn't ready yet. The period, testing period at that high volume, at that turnaround time just wasn't available. And to think that it was going to happen seamlessly in the beginning is is crazy. Um, it's easy to get on for what happened, but to tell you the truth, they've done a pretty good job. When you look at the grand scope and like the amount of tests that they've had to do, and, and how fast they've had to come back, and and how they've um, jumped on fires and put out fires like pretty quickly that were set in different in different places with different teams in different circumstances, they've definitely made adjustments. I don't even know what games, <laughs> when what what days they're playing, what games they're not playing. I'm like, okay, Tuesday night, we should be playing baseball. Yeah, I'm like, what? The other day, I was like, I, I, I didn't. They uh, they called the game, I guess, because of the um the the storm, the storm. as well. And um, yeah, so like on a given day, there may be not baseball when there should be baseball. Or there might be two seven inning games. games, or they may be playing a different team. But all that all that aside, they're 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 doing it. They're doing it. So unless something egregious happens, when hopefully it doesn't, this continues. Is it a failure on the league's part if? some teams don't end up with even games. It's really hard to call that a failure on the league's part, honestly. I think if that happens, it's going to be a matter of circumstance and there's going to be a problem. There's going to be a reason why that didn't happen. And I don't think it's because... They're doing everything you possibly can. They're making the freaking game shorter. They're, 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 they're stacking seven-inning doubleheaders. How can we put this on the league at that point if, if, a, if a team is missing games because of whatever reason? But how far, how far are you going to push it? Because... On the broadcast the other night, they were talking about how the Phillies have to play so um, every day. I there's think a, there's definitely going to be a tipping point where where it's going to be. Was it fifty six and fifty five or fifty five and fifty six? Whatever it was, there's something's going to go wrong in there. Injuries, fatigue. If COVID happens again, like that is not putting the Phillies who did nothing wrong. The Phillies did nothing wrong. That is putting them in a really tough position. Yes. There's going to be at some point. I think this is going to be the one of the harder things to overcome. Is going to be a competitive imbalance with the with the schedule one, and then two, just the amount of games played when you're getting down to the end, and how you're supposed to figure that out. How you figure that out based on winning percentage, because that's how it's going to win. It's what it's, it's going to be, be winning but percentage. Like but Phillies... does that really actually tell you uh, if if there's not a minimum games played? And at that point, now right. who is it fair to that team saying, okay, you you did not meet the threshold um, because of extenuating circumstances? Now you cannot play that's that becomes now well okay let's play the games you're, you're gonna get a team say okay put the games on let's go let's play right now let's go 
Yeah. So there's going to be yeah, someone's going to be mad at the end of this. There's no doubt. At least one team. At least yeah. one team. Probably Multiple. way more teams. <laughs> and and yeah. that's assuming we get through this whole this whole thing. But um, well, think about the teams that have been affected so far. Obviously, the Marlins, the Phillies, the Yankees, the Orioles. That's in the East. Toronto. Toronto. Thank you. Toronto. Five out of the um, East NL AL teams. And in the Central, obviously, the Cardinals and now the Brewers have been affected. So you've got seven out of the 30 teams so far, two weeks in, who have Did you say Minnesota? Minnesota got affected. Didn't Didn't they miss games as well? There were more teams than that that were affected, I think. From the Central outbreak? Yeah, I, th- I thought the Minnesota Twins were uh, affected at some point, which means that I've, I'm losing yeah, track of which like, means who's, there was who's another getting... team also affected. Okay, so you're talking about like 33 percent of the league so far, two weeks into the season, who have been affected. Yeah, I think that's sort of what in one way or the other, and some teams more than like the Yankees have been affected, but not that bad. Barely, they, the biggest hurdle for them was oh, I gotta take a bus down to Baltimore from Philly that, I, and I didn't know I was supposed, you know, gonna have to do that and reschedule, play an away game as their home game in Citizens Bank Park. Like, not a huge deal. Whereas you have the Phillies, who are going to be absolutely screwed. Phillies are boned. 56 and 55 days. Like, you're you're just... That sucks. There's no way around it. So, yeah. And the Field of Dreams game got canceled, too. That's it. What, what's wrong with Iowa? Iowa's pure, isn't it? Isn't Iowa just like does, a very, like... Like, the air is, the air is mean, clean. The... the uh, just doesn't seem like there's much going wrong in Iowa. Maybe Iowa doesn't want to bring in a bunch of a bunch of uh, diseased players. Does that mean the Yankees are going to get back on the Iowa game? Does that mean year? like is there the potential to like infect the corn? Can corn? Can the corn? Oh my God! That's how it starts. It's like a that's like a M nine Shyamalan movie. Yeah. What if where it like it gets in the corn and then the entire what if, what if the White Sox went to a strip club in Iowa, then went. Yeah, went on a bender. Oh, I don't want to go. I don't want to go to that <laughs> went, strip went, club. Went on a bender and ended up, you know, having corn husk fights in uh, in the outfield. Have you ever had a corn husk fight? That shit no. hurts. What's the most depressing strip club you've ever been to? Oh, I don't even want to admit this. Um, the most. It became comical, so it wasn't necessarily depressing. I think that the most. <laughs> That's usually what. But the happens. depressing ones are when you feel like shit, and then you're in a strip club. You're like, what is? What am I doing? What is my life? So <laughs> I've been on and a few of those at bachelor parties, like just feeling like complete horrible, horrible, horribleness. And then I'm in a, in a, I'm like, why am I here? What is wrong with my life right now? So th- that that's happened a couple of times, not in a while, but it's happened a couple of times. But the worst one. I mean, it's there's no there's there's just no doubt about it. The, the, I, it's a clear as day, and it was a it was a um, it was a nooner. It was a nooner on a Saturday in rich. In, okay, at least it's a weekend in, in Richmond, Virginia, uh, before a uh, a college basketball tournament, and it was a a, a young lady who had, a young you lady got the day, you got the day shift. A young lady who had the McDonald arches tattooed on her ankle. Oh no! And and it said uh, underneath it, over a million served. <laughs> At least she she embraced it. You know she she's owning it. Okay, she she owns she owns her profession, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. I went to a and one at the Cape, but it was off season at the Cape. Not good. <laughs> like March at the Cape, <laughs> not not a good time to go to a strip club. My buddy got kicked out. So what happens? He got a little handsy. That's what, that's what happens. Not good. Not good. But no, Field of Dreams canceled. That's, maybe we should have 
preface that without a yeah. I was really uh I was really looking forward to watching the Yankees play the White Sox on that field. I was looking forward to being there. Well, maybe they're gonna maybe they're gonna do it next year. Maybe I'm sure they will. They they have to do it at this point. They they built it, so now people have to come, right? Isn't that what it's supposed to happen? But um, anything else you want to talk about? That's it. Oh, I want to talk about this quickly. Four games against Tampa. Yes. Tampa sits as we speak at five Uh-oh, and seven. Dun, dun, dun. Four, four and a half season back of the make or break. If the Yankees sweep Tampa, they're out. They're out. Unless serious. something egregious happens with the Yankees, then yeah, it's pretty damn yeah, close. I'm not saying they're out of the play. I'm not saying they're out of the playoffs. They're out. The Yankees are. I think if they sweep Tampa, I still think Tampa's the biggest threat in this division, despite the fact that they're in fourth place. And Orioles are in second place. If the Yankees are eight and a half up on Tampa leaving this weekend, the Yankees have locked up the AL East. I'm I'm confident in saying that. I don't like you saying that, but I mean they have to win four games for that to be true. So um yeah, I mean it's it's, it's yeah, a huge three, three out of four doesn't work because that's only a two game swing. But four four games makes it happen. It's a big problem. It's a big problem for them if they if they get swept. There's no doubt. Uh I still think they are the best team other than the Yankees in the East. Um, but I think Toronto, Toronto's getting a little sneaky. Toronto's getting a little sneaky with that offense that they have with those young kids. And then also uh, with a, a couple a couple guys now at the top that's a formidable uh, pitcher that on a given day could could come out there and, and give you problems. So um, Toronto, I think, is, uh, is the snake in the grass here. Whereas Tampa was a few years ago, I think Toronto is definitely the snake in the grass and could, could definitely find some momentum. So, I mean, right now we're looking Will- good, but... Will Baltimore finish ahead of Boston? That's 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 going to be a race. It's very they're both really <laughs> bad. I mean, the offense in Boston just I just don't see them carrying through. I, I feel like it's going to get old. <laughs> I feel like Xander well, Bogarts is going to get exposed at some point. I, I'm still waiting for it to happen for him not to I mean, be protected. Old. For him not to be you know on the same team as Mookie Betts and just not be the same player. I, I, yeah, it has not happened. He's looked good so far, but I'm still waiting for for him to get exposed. I think Devers. I, is I think the Red Sox. I think the Red Sox have more talent than Baltimore, but I think what the Red Sox are suffering. Maybe from, on the offensive side they do. I would not. I don't even know if they do on the pitching. Yeah, side. pitching pitching's a toss up. But I think what the Red Sox are suffering from is how did we go from 108 wins in a championship two years ago to one of the worst teams? Well, they did it. They did it in the league. They did it a few years. No, back but too. like their I mean, players. Their players are are like, what the hell happened here, guys? Like, we just traded Mookie Betts, Chris Sale's injury. We got our manager fired. Like, they're not as big of a dumpster fire distraction as the Astros are dealing with as far as, like, all the cheating stuff. But they got a lot going on in Boston. And I think it's just sometimes off-field stuff affects on-field performance. I think that's what's happening. Do you think that Miami is going to try to not play as many games? Because right now they're in first place at 5-1. and yes. one. If they finish five and one, they're going to win the division. <laughs> that's hilarious. I mean, when you when you look around the league, just quickly percentage. looking around the league, since we're just going to uh, stretch this out a little bit longer, and I'm looking at the uh, standings right now, and why not? Oakland, we expected to be there. Houston is going to be fine. You know, they're definitely struggling at the plate. I hope that's a real thing. I really, 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 really hope that they are dog Do you- shit at the plate the entire season, so that we can look at that and point fingers and be even more mad at them, and they can say mm-hmm. nothing. Do you think, though, their struggles, like Altuve, I think, is hitting like 150. Do you think Altuve is struggling because he doesn't have the buzzer and doesn't have the trash can? Or is it because he's dealing with a lot of mental 
thoughts about everything well, that happened. I don't give a shit. And I think that it's both. Either one works yeah. for me. I, I mean, if but. it's if it's if he still if he actually does have the ability to do this and he's so mentally weak that this is beating him down to under Mendoza line, then that's satisfying as well. I gotta I gotta tell you. That's mm-hmm. a guy not, mm-hmm. not realizing the capabilities of his own talent because he's an asshole. That's fine with me. Actually that actually makes it better because it's more of a Jedi mind trick. I'm good with that. I want them to suffer. Don't get me wrong. I really do. I don't like them. What they did really bothered me more than a lot of things have bothered me uh, in pro sports in a very long time. So I do want them to suffer for quite some time, in fact. Um, And when I say suffer, I I just want them to struggle really badly. I want them to be bad offensive players because I think that will will highlight and spotlight what happened in 2017 so much more than anything else. And I love that. I'm here for that for sure. And in reality, 18 and 19. Yes, absolutely. But the, the championship is the is the is the thing that kills me. The Cubs are the other team, man. Cubs look good. Cubs look so do the Cubs twins. look good. Twins look good. But but it's, but the yeah. twins, you know. At, at some yeah, point, the it, twins, it, that shit's gonna bite. Us. At some point, it's been so long that worries me too. The fact that we've been so good yeah. against the Twins for they're, so they're long. They're the 2006 Yankees. All offense, no pitching. I'm just saying they they did add pitching though, so that they're still the 2006 Yankees. Could turn on. Uh, I kind of like that we only have to worry about a certain set of teams. Isn't that kind of cool? It's kind of like old school where it's like, yeah, we'll see them in the playoffs. I don't have to worry about them right now. Oh, you mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I- I'm fine with that. You mean the fact that we were not playing them? Is that what you, is that what you mean? Yeah, like the Yankees aren't going to play Minnesota right. this you, year. Okay. But when you said that, it's almost like you don't have to care about them because there's only the, the league is so top heavy. No, no, no. I'm saying like Minnesota, Oakland. Like the White it's Sox more of a are, point of and, like, hey, American League doesn't play National League. See them in the World Series yeah, type deal. Exactly, I do like exactly. that. I like the fact that the first time you play certain teams, if they're good, good teams like that, um, and there's a little bit of a track record, and you see them for the first time in the playoffs, there's a lot of like built up, built up animosity and like just excitement for seeing them for the first time, and and just the sheer fact of the unknown is is fun. Yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of like a throwback, and and I think that's another cool aspect about this season. Some dumb aspects about this season, some cool aspects about this season. All right, that is going to do it for this episode. We will be back talking to you on Monday. Scott, any final, final words? (laughs) Final, final words? Uh, No, just just keep playing playing baseball. That's it. Just stay on the field, play baseball. I'm happy if that happens. Don't go... Don't go to a strip club at the Cape off season or in Richmond, Virginia. At Wear a mask. Talk to you. If you're going to talk to you Monday. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens. And that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. 
Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.